And so, boys and girls, what have we learned today? That's right. Always listen to a podcast. This is the LoadingReadyRun.com podcast for August 29th, 2009. Hooray! Now, the eagle-eared among you will note that... Um, uh, yeah, there wasn't a podcast last week. Uh, they, they had to have what, eagle ears yes, to notice. Yes, yes, very, me? very small that, membranes on the side of their head. Nobody has said anything. Yeah, that's weird. Which I think weird. we've trained people to just not. Well, care, the one previous to that was late, though. Too. It's true. Well, the two previous to that late. were the two previous to that were almost a week late. Yeah. So, uh, James, what what happened to last week's podcast? I don't know. <laughs> we recorded it, and there were levels, and it was you know there. And then when I saved it and opened it up to edit, it was not there. And I don't know if I fucked up or if the laptop fucked up. I'll take responsibility. Maybe, maybe the podcast gained sentience, hopped an iPod. It's and, possible. And I suppose. I, I think actually it's what happened is the, the listeners did not believe enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's your your guy's fault. You've so got I do clap, believe clap, in podcasts. Clap your hands. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe uh, in podcasts. Click videos three times. Yes, people don't know this, but actually uh, the whole RSS podcasting system does operate on belief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so if you don't do it, then it causes problems. Because um, no one, you know, not one person this week was like, so late podcast, huh? You know, I think everyone just knew that I wasn't in last week's podcast, and so they were like... They just didn't believe it. Didn't care, yeah. it, it it's not worth listening to. Well, yeah. La- actually, so. Labos asked me about it while we were playing Han. He's huh. like, so... I'm confused. Is the podcast like a week behind right now? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get the. And he asked me that last Saturday or Sunday. Oh. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get the other one up on Monday. And he's like, oh, okay. And then when I went to open it on Monday, it was gone. Just so weird. Just, like, just say it's so it's instead of Dota now it's Han. Yes. Han. 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 Heroes of New Earth. H-O-N. Heroes of New Earth. Or, yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, that's something oh, I learned. H- oh, H O N E. No, it's something I Shouldn't learned. Be no, it's H-O-N-E. not actually. It's not actually New Earth. New Earth is it's, one it's word. New Earth. New Earth. Really? Yeah. 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 It's not actually like like, New like Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Heroes of New Earth, New Jersey. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. so we got two videos to talk about. The first one being All in Your Head. Working title: Bomb in the Brain. Working title. Give generously. Yes. It had several working titles. The first two, None both being worked, both really. being giveaways. <laughs> so uh, this was a video written by my brother, uh, and my 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 brother's a big fan of the site, um, but he lives in uh, Kingston, Ontario, so he's uh, not around. Oh yeah, we mentioned last time. For those unfamiliar with the geography of Canada, pull up Google Maps. Yeah. And write in Victoria, BC to Kingston, Ontario, and you'll see why he can't just swing by. Yeah, he's far away. Uh, and so, but he, he wrote this uh, script and emailed to me, and it seemed like something we would do. Uh, and so, yeah, we. So we did it. Yeah, we did it uh, after uh, waiting a while because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we made we made a few like a few small changes, but it's mostly what he wrote. Yeah, it's almost it's pretty much what he wrote. Um, it was originally a foosball table instead yeah, yeah. of. A, I believe he goes into all that. Actually, yeah, yeah. We, so we do have a clip to play. Yeah, of why him don't we just play of uh, of Dan? So Dan recorded this in Kingston and said, "Send it." You take us, so. what, did, what did you say, Matt? If you take a dash of Paul and add, or no, if you take Paul and add a dash of Kermit the Frog, yes. <laughs> That's what his voice sounds like. Yep, it's true. I can see it. <laughs> I'm sorry, so, Dan. Meaning no no disrespect because, well, Kermit the Frog is awesome. And yeah. evidently, Dan, you are also awesome. So, uh, so there, uh, we let, there we let, go. Let's not go that far. <laughs> I right. don't know. I don't so, know. I think Paul mixed with Kermit the Frog is a superior Paul. 
<laughs> this is another one of those bizarre videos that Graham had no part in shooting. Yeah, let's let's talk about that when we hear back when we come back from hearing about uh, the writing protest from Dan. Okay. Hey, this is Daniel, Paul's brother. I'm talking to myself here in Kingston, Ontario, and I'm very excited to be here to talk about my video script, which has been made into a film. I'm especially excited about this because I've been a fan of Loading Ready Run since literally the very beginning, the first video. Obviously, it's my brother's project, and it's been so cool seeing it develop over the years. Uh, this is my second attempt at a script. first one wasn't very good, but this one passed the bar and got made, and I'm totally thrilled about how it turned out. So I guess the idea for this script came from, uh, well, obviously Mission Impossible 3. Someone on the forum noticed that. And watching Tom Cruise act. So there's a part in the movie where the bomb in his brain, planted there by Philip Seymour Hoffman, actually goes off. And he is required to act the agony of the experience. And, of course, this is a horrifying scene in the movie until you think about the fact that it's just Tom Cruise there asked to act his heart out, portraying that his head is exploding. Uh, isn't it funny how in action movies, they're sort of ostensibly set in the real world, but there's always some element to them in modern action movies that is kind of like a cartoon, like in um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, the way they have the blue and red liquids that mix together to make the bomb go off, or there's always like some nanobot or nerve gas that glows green. We're asked to accept this real world, and then there's this bizarre cartoonish stuff that is also happening that we're also accepting. So I decided to take something, which is this bomb in the brain idea, and transpose it to some other setting, namely a parody of Please Give Generously type TV ads. And I thought it would be funny if there was one for the just two people in the world who had one put in their brain by an evil mastermind, namely the hyena. So it was so exciting to me to write this up on my computer and uh, email it to my brother and his friends. And then a few months later to see this amazing final product. Since I've been a fan for so many years, I had an such a clear picture in my mind of what it was going to be like and exactly who I wanted to play all of the parts. And in fact, it was pretty much that casting. Jer was the kind of smarmy host of the thing and was perfect at that. And Paul was one of the, uh, one of the victims, which is always funny. I don't know why. And uh, James, originally I wrote the other part. I wrote in actually Graham's name. I didn't even come up with character names. Many of the things in the movie are really exactly like I pictured them, and wonderfully so. Like Paul's smash and grab, then he comes up with a handful of these jewels, fake jewels. <laughs> they just look so great. And the walking and talking and the tinkly piano music behind. These guys totally got it, and then they made it better in a lot of respects with a couple of my favorite parts, like um, at the beginning... The way I originally wrote it, it was like he was a uh, a foosball instructor. And then they added this Wiimote tennis instructor idea. Then another one of my favorite scenes where they're forced to fight one another. So I had that in the script that they were fighting one another. But all the dialogue is new. So it's like, oh man, that was great. And the idea of Paul being 
forced to fight gladiator style is, is just very, very funny to me. Any lack of funniness is definitely due to the original script. It is a weird script. When I watched it, I'm like, uh, this is very dark and strange. I do hope to write future scripts because even though my day job is graduate student, in my heart, I love comedy and I love twisted ideas like Loading Ready Run always does. So one of my friends, uh, I posted on Facebook, one of my friends wrote, the part that I really liked was the use of the word gravitas, which of course was one of the few things that were changed from the original script. So that's always how it is. And then this girl who I play ultimate with, she was like, hey, I saw your your video posting online. Congratulations. That's good for you. Which I thought was pretty funny because that's what you say when you didn't really like it, but you want to say something anyway. I think this is something where you kind of have to watch all the same movies as me to get it, but hopefully for those people who did, they will find it funny. It certainly has been a blast to see Loading Ready Run bring this to light. So I will turn you, the listeners, which I believe is myself and our mom. Hey, mom. Back to the Loading Ready Run crew. So, that happened. Yeah. So, this is one of the few Loading Ready Run videos that Graham had no part in shooting. I don't recall you saying that ever before, Jerk. No. <laughs> yeah, we actually, uh... Did you know that Graham wasn't president? President? Present? <laughs> when we shot this? I am president. He wasn't? My whole world is I'm president of the president society of the Not being helped, not helping yeah. shooting this video. Club. Yeah, this was <laughs> yeah. actually kind of a crazy shoot. Like, we, we were going around, we had like... You were like a finely honed this, this sketch group. comedy strike force. Well, yeah, this yeah, lean, mean team. It was myself... James, Paul, and Tim. That's it. It was weird. And was nobody sick. else. Yeah, Matt was yeah. sick. Bill was gay. Well, that's, that's sort of standard operating procedure. Morgan's still gone. I was Brad out of town. here. That was it. Oh, and Tim, where was... There? No, Tim was, was here. Yeah. I shot most of it. It was you. Right. Yeah, that's fine. And then, and so we, uh, yeah, so we were just went around to, there's like... this a this, ton of locations. Yeah, this has like way more locations than we normally do, too. So, so there was like the tennis bubble by my house. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, the office. The office where... You, well, did the green screening here. Right, did the green screening here. That was for the, the lab the section. Lab. Yeah. Uh, James, your your interview and the reenactment of getting injected was at Jared's place. place. place yeah. Paul's interview was at Paul's, Paul's place. place. There's some outside shots outside my place. There's some outside your place. There's yeah, the, also the, the, Paul uh, Insulting Twilight Vista thing. was at his place. Yes. yes. Yeah. Outside Paul's place was the Twilight Sandwich Port. Yes. Yeah. And then Beacon Hill Park, Park was all of Jared's. All of Jared's walking around. Where was your guys walking around? When the that, that was outside of Jared's house. Oh, Jared's, yeah, that's right. right. And then around the corner where we were. Beacon Hill Park was also the, the, old, the lady old lady kick yes, and the, the sword, sword fight. fight. And the sword yeah. fight. And then the only other bit was downtown with Paul breaking into Burke's. And right, there was Burke's one, too. Yeah. Yeah, so it was... But it was very... It was actually over quite fast. So we, Yeah, uh, we drove around for it. Basically, uh, apparently everybody else has just been slowing us down all this time. So <laughs> we did have to reshoot uh, oh, one, yeah. one part a week later. We had, we had to reshoot shot. the very last shot of Jer. Which was actually shot or boomed by Brad. Oh, right, yeah, Brad did boom for that, for the reshoot, because he was around that week. He also did some boom for uh, Magic Land, which is kind of funny. But, um... Yeah, our microphone messed up. So. Yeah, we, it's the microphone, the rubber bands. It's uh, Someone was like, you guys should fix your tripod. I'm hearing it squeak. It's not the tripod, actually. It's the microphone, because the, the silicone rings on it start getting hot and, like, breaking, and then they make this noise when you move the mic too much. And unfortunately, it was really noticeably bad in that shot, so... 
the following week we went really to. Edit out of sound very New is really tough. And it's unfortunate, too, because that shot I got in, like, two or three the first time. Yeah. It took me, like, eight or nine tries the second well, time. All the, I was watching the footage. All the mistakes that happened the first time you guys shot that were like, oh, the boom's in shot. Oh, yeah. you're backlit. Oh, you're wandering towards yeah. ducks. Right, like, they, they were all not actually delivery problems. Yeah. And then the reshoot, you took forever. I, but, you know, I was... I was I was on that uh, the first time. You know, yeah. it was like the last thing we shot, and I've been doing it all day, so. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think what else is in that uh, video. Um, yeah, it's actually, it was a pretty pretty straightforward. Um, when, right, Jared in the little old lady costume. Yeah, when Jared was in the little old lady costume, uh, now we've got these tally-ho, uh, which are these uh, horse-drawn carriages that go all throughout uh, downtown Victoria <laughs> and, and go through uh, Beacon Hill Park. And so we were doing this thing of kicking an old lady with Karen's old lady costume, and this Tally Ho comes by with like tourists on it. Uh, and so we just kind of and stood I mean, and waved. Basically, yeah. when I was when I was being the old lady, I was hunched over and pulling like the dress. The dress basically came down like around my shoulders. It's got a, quite a wide neck. So I was leaning over and then grabbing the front of the dress with my hand and pulling it tight at the back ah. so that you couldn't see it. So when I was standing up with it, because it didn't fit at all, it <laughs> looked really goofy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Did they wave? Uh, I don't. Recall. I think they were kind of weirded out. Yeah. yeah. Because we had the big camera, so it was obvious we were doing something. Yeah. We, we weren't just kicking old ladies right. <laughs> well, indiscriminately it, kicking old ladies. Yeah. We had to kick them a bunch of times because it was really hard to get a shot where the jeans didn't come flashing on the screen. You can still see it a tiny bit. You usually mm. have to kick them a bunch. Yeah. Of yeah. There was. I think we probably did that like six times. Six yeah. Or yeah seven it was times. funny because I was capturing the footage. Of course, I hadn't seen it, so I was watching it come in. And the first one, I'm like, "Oh no, you can see his jeans," and then it. Then it stops and cuts to a new shot. I'm like, oh, okay, good, they caught it. Because it starts with not. But then the camera moves partway through and you do it. I'm like, oh, no, they, no, you can see his G-. And I just kept, they kept <laughs> refining the shot and, and fixing everything until the last one was fine. Yeah. But as I was watching it, I was like, oh, God, I hope they do another one. Oh, good. Oh, no! <laughs> Every time it was great. Yeah, I try to entertain Graham when we shoot these, so. Yeah, you left me a message at the end yeah. of that, I think. Threw yeah. a couple extra little bits or yeah. did some little dipsy doodles. Yeah. Yeah, you got my, my crazy weird ad lib. Right. Well, that's actually in the yeah. end of the video. Yeah, that was the stinger yeah. on the video. The stinger, yeah. I like when uh, you guys were shooting um, Ways to Survive. You, you were shooting half of Ways to Survive the Recession once, and I, I came back and was capturing the footage, and there's like five minutes of Bill recording himself inspecting the lens because he oh, doesn't yeah, realize yeah. he's recording, and he's trying to figure out where the... Because there's a dot on our viewfinder, that like yeah, a bit yeah. of dust or something, but it's not on the lens. Because he keeps turning the camera just around. giant Bill face. And this giant Bill face for like five minutes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that was Magic Land. No, no. that was all in, all in your head. And I'd like to give James kudos for an excellent performance of a bomb going off in his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting upstairs at our place when they were filming that downstairs, and I wasn't really paying attention and listening to what they were doing, and I wasn't really... Re- <laughs> like, I'd read the script, but I didn't know what they'd be doing at what moment, and so all of a sudden there's this, ah! I'm like, oh gosh, what's happening? Is he okay? The, uh, the script actually called for, and I quote, yes. uh... Uh, uh, similar to uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Three, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, th- I think I think James captured quite well. Which, mm. Well, I, as Dan said, that was I've never seen it, so hooray! Oh really? <laughs> I never oh. saw Mission Impossible oh. Three. I saw that part It's pretty entertaining, but a lot better than the Philip Seymour Hoffman is a great villain. Yeah, it's just the bit where you know he like he's been knocked unconscious and he wakes up and Tom Cruise is just yelling at him. He's like, "What have you done? What's going on? Where's going on? You have to tell us what's going." And just just yelling at him. And Philip Seymour Hoffman just looks at him and goes, do you have a wife or a girlfriend or something? 
because I'm going to find her and kill her in front of you. <laughs> okay? And just, just not phased at yeah. all. It's like, wow, he's badass. Yeah. <laughs> so, good times. And that followed up with Magic Land. Which, now, funny story about this. We got these Warriors of Darkness little knitted figures made for us by Chemstring. Which, well, they weren't made for us. They were made as a, apparently a prototype for a set that she's making for uh, the Desert Bus for Hope uh, craft-along project, which is amazing, by the way, everyone involved in that. And so she made these, and she's like, these are the prototypes. And, Paul, you got a hold of her, and we're like, yeah, so I, good! Yeah, I, I was basically like, uh, okay, I would like to buy those from you. Like, how would you would you part with those? Because I just, who would, who would not want a chibi version of themselves? Yeah, exactly. I mean, really. Uh, and she was awesome and actually just sent them to us. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so... I believe her terms were a photograph of us with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, we did you one better. So, we had them here, and I was like, man, I really want to do something with these. I want to do like a, like a kid's show thing. So, I started writing this bit with Paul's character from Rapid Fire Series 1 and Gib. And then the idea was that they'd sort of talk for a bit and then go to this little segment with the Little Warriors of Darkness. And then we forgot about it. And then, yeah, and then I, I, I never wrote that part, and I just sort of put the script aside and never really went back to it. Then Jer and Tally... Well, I mean, like, during the Pathfinder thing, uh-huh. right? Well, uh, well, you came up with the idea for the for using them in, to do the yeah, Pathfinder he, thing. He wrote the Pathfinder video, and I got involved with that when he started telling me all about it, like, the night before you guys were going to shoot it. And I was like, you can't do CG green screen background for that. You have to do felt board because that would be so adorable. And it was like, we were going out for his birthday dinner. So on the way to the fancy restaurant, we stopped at the dollar store to buy felt so that I can make backgrounds because I'm determined that this has to happen. Really, I just didn't want to make Graham do all that extra work. That's really what it was all about. Yay. Um, and so we did that. And then the best. I had so much fun. And I'm like, oh, these Warriors of Darkness dolls are so adorable. There should be more little videos with them. They're just so cute. And I started getting ideas. And during one of your podcasts, when I was there, during I the during the last aired podcast, I think. Yeah. yeah, and and showed it to Graham after the podcast. He was like, "We I was like, can use that." I was like, that, "That's perfect. I have a thing that can go." So totally independently of each other, this just happened. Yeah, and and the thing is that what you did for it was sort of like a. Quasi inspired by Dora the Explorer, sort of thing. Yeah, with, you I know, babysit like, small children, so I see too many of these TV shows. Which is exactly what I was going to do with them. <laughs> That's the thing. That's ex- that, that is precisely what I wanted to do with with the Warriors. So it worked out perfectly well. Uh, and so yeah, then we we shot um, all the bits with uh, Paul and Gib, making his first appearance since since Rapstar. Um, uh, on one day, while because Tally still had to make some some additional better sets, even from the. Uh, from the from the Pathfinder video, and we needed a severed sheep's head. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, all those all the all the little the little like equipment they have is amazing. Like the uh, the what is it? It's an apple core, a sheep's head, a the truce uh, document, the, the, rental agreement, the truce rental agreement, which is brilliant. Um, and the, the knitting. My favorite is the knitting. The Love little the knitting. tiny like section of scarf. That Ragnar has been knitting. I went and got like itty bitty thin knitting needles. That's I can so barely good. knit, but and uh, oh, and the torch. Right. Yes, and the torch. So uh, yeah, and that all turned out really, really well. And I like that. Uh, yeah. So uh, someone said it was nice that we finally named that character of Paul's, just so, just so he, they could finally he could finally be referred to. 
yeah. But I'm I'm glad that so many people picked up that it was the same guy. There was a complication with it, of course. There are four warriors of darkness. One of them didn't didn't need, didn't need to be voiced, but yeah. the other one wasn't here. Yeah, Morgan's out of town, so I had to step in for the voice of Krull. Somebody on the forums pointed out all the hard work that you guys go to getting Ben in to act out Derek's part for the readings. Mm. And stuff. Yes, I just, you know, should acknowledge that. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. That's a, we, he did a lot the, mo- the mocap, you know? but you know, we, we should have done. We should have done that. That would have been great. Hey Ben, we need you to come and do a puppet. But yeah, uh, Jaron, Jaron, Paul were doing the. I was going to say puppets. if it hadn't if it hadn't been done on like a Wednesday or Thursday morning or something like yeah. that. Jared did uh, Ragnar and Derek and Paul did um, Ulrich and Crawl and then I did Crawl for any time that Crawl had to talk. There was some finagling to make sure that people's arms could move the puppets off screen in the right direction and. Yeah, the puppeteering is hard. Yeah, the bit where think. Ragnar like runs off the left hand side of shot. Paul is act- like Derek runs off. So that Jarek can have a hand free to grab Ulrich from Paul and pull him off the left side of shot. Well, it's it's because the the first little warriors thing we were just using our hands, but this one we had little skewers. Yeah, this one we wanted to hide the hide the hands. So no, it wasn't you, as you, can, you can see the skewers in a bunch of the shot. But this really yeah, the skewers are all right. I mean, you see that in like Sesame Street and stuff. You see the little the little sticks holding their, the puppets' arms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and yeah. the fact that their mouths aren't moving and honestly I think that we could we could do yeah. more little warrior stuff it's fairly it's fairly simple to do so yeah there's like it's bonus fun. stuff or something it's adorable to watch even just when you're filming and you watch it on the camera as it's being filmed it's so cute it's one of those things that like you're shooting it and it doesn't really fully come across but then when you see the shot that has everything outside cropped out and it's just what the camera is seeing that it's so like different. this is completely believable I love it yeah. 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 Also, I noticed on the boards that somebody really liked the line in, in the name of all the nameless gods of infernal darkness, mm-hmm. which I was, I was very pleased. I like that. That was a good line. That was a solid line. That's more bottomless pitch with Magdalene. Yeah, that's actually exactly where it came from. Was We'd been talking about that line in the other video recently. I was pleased with, with my Your Mom jokes. No. Yes, the Your Mom mind. jokes are, are spot on. They make me laugh every time. Thanks. And uh, uh, to answer a question on the forums, I imagine that Gib is talking to Simon's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, which is why this is the one time that Simon drops character there, but uh, yeah. So I can't think of anything else to shoot. I mean, it was pretty straightforward to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I was, was encouraged. The hand, huh? The two hand, the two times you see the hand, that was oh, me. Right? Yeah. That was this shoving guy. Gib on screen. That, yeah. that was one of my favorite moments, actually, the shoving the paper at Gib. I was encouraged uh, that so many people said that they actually called back to the screen. <laughs> Which awesome. is hilarious. So you you Who's clearly that, kids? yeah you clearly all watched the same the same uh, kids shows I did. We've all been conditioned. <clears throat> yeah, no kidding. So I never called back even when I was a kid. Aww. You know, in Dora the Explorer, they teach kids how to say things in uh, Spanish. We should start you know having the Warriors of Darkness teach people how to say things in Infernal or something. That'd be sweet. <laughs> in the language of Mordor. Now kids say Doth Tumak. Which I will not utter here. Yes. So hey, uh, but, uh, so that's the videos. Hopefully we're caught up. Before we move on to talking about what we're playing now in Askler, something that we did talk about last week, but the podcast disappeared. Uh, two things that you should definitely know about. One, PAX. Uh, it's in a week now, so you got less of a warning. But uh, we're going to be there, obviously, and we're going to uh, have a panel on Sunday at noon, and we're going to be talking about Loading Ready Run, talking about Desert Bus, talking about Unskippable. Got a new video to show you. Possibly some other news. There might be some special guests guest involved? Well, in the video there will the be. Video, I already yeah. said that the video is going to have a special guest in it. And yeah. there there have been guesses so far, all of them wrong. So, ha ha ha. Ooh, you're narrowing the field. Yeah. Um, From everybody in the entire world. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, only the awesome people in the entire world. Mm, yeah, so, um, yeah, you should definitely, if, if you're at PAX on Sunday, definitely check out our panel. Uh, if you're at PAX on Saturday, we're planning on having another, um, like we did last year, sort of loading, ready, run uh, meetup. This year we're a little concerned there might be a few too many people, so we're not going to completely, um, like, just descend on that cafe and wreck their day. So we're actually just going to meet at the con. Uh, we're not sure where yet. Probably one of the handheld lounges around 11.30, like 11, 11.30 on the Saturday, and just hang out for an hour or two. Um, uh, I'll post a thread about this in the uh, general discussion forum. But, uh, yeah, that will be your chance to just hang out and say hi and chill with us for a while. And uh, then afterwards we can all take off and watch other panels and interesting stuff. So uh, more details to follow, but uh, there will be there will be opportunity to... Have we figured out Hang how out. we're handling how we're handling merch? Yeah, we time? we don't have any place to sell merchandise. We don't have a booth. Um, hopefully next year, actually, we, we might have one of those places on the Sky Bridge, uh, but we don't for this year because uh, they we didn't ask in time. Um, but if you want um, something that we happen to have in local stock here, uh, when I post the thread, I will ask about that. And if you if you have a request for something that you want to buy from us in person. Make the request in that thread, and I'll bring, like, a suitcase full of stuff, and then you can buy it. So, like, T-shirts, DVDs. Um, we have a set of pins that you can only get offline currently. And so, um, yeah. So there'll be opportunity for you as long as you listen to this podcast or read that thread. <laughs> and if you don't, well, you don't know that you've missed out. So, ha. Uh, one thing I will say, we're out of normal logo shirts in our local stock, and our we haven't received our backup shipment yet. I believe the online store is pretty close to being... Very, very low, yeah. So. Uh, right, and the other thing is our screening. Sixth anniversary screening, which this year we're having in Vancouver, because uh, we wanted a bigger venue, and last year we had a whole ton of people come over from Vancouver and further afield, so we figured we'd uh, try and move it to a bigger, more central location. Um, please buy your tickets uh, online so that we have a better idea of how many people are going to be there. There's a link on the blog. There's a link on the forums. It's We're selling them through brown paper tickets. It's a really simple, easy way to buy tickets online. If you um, don't have a credit card, find a parent or friend who does. Yeah. Give them cash. It's Yeah, it's $6 plus the transaction fee or whatever, so it's really not a big thing. But uh, it, it'll be great. It's November 7th. Um, we, we're, it starts, starts at 2, so it's going to be like three hours, three or possibly more, I think. Um, we're going to show videos you haven't seen and do questions and sell <laughs> stuff. There we will definitely have a booth and um, sign things and just hang out and... Have a fun time. So, yeah, that'll be on November 7th in Vancouver at the Rio Theater uh, in the corner of Broadway and Commercial, so it's super easy to get to. If you are coming over from Victoria, like we are, uh, it's really easy to get to with, with public transit, like super, super easy to get there. Um, there's directions on the uh, thread on the forums, so uh, we really hope to see you there. Uh, more details to that as we get closer to the day. Right. What are we playing now? Oh, one more thing. Actually. Oh, one more thing. So, we. Uh, oh, is this a runners thing? Yeah, we're a little a little delayed on p- announcing the winner for uh, Operation Fill in the Lobster. Right. Which was the operation where Jer mocked that up, right? Yeah, I put together the comic. Couple of uh, screen caps from Ways to Stay Awake. Uh, with Jer being or Paul rather Paul's character being set against a lobster with a rose. Uh. And uh, we've got a bunch of interesting entries. I'm not going to read a bunch of them off now, but a bunch of them will go up on the uh, the results post, which I should be able to put up tonight, probably before the podcast goes up. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but the ultimate winner was, uh, his form name is The Stalker. The Stalker? And the Stalker. Like Stalker, but with an O. Huh. And so what was the winning entry? I, uh... Is that the, the didn't com- have it open. Yes. Is it the communist it was, uh, one? Or is it? I can't. Paul says I can't complete my mission. Uh, Paul says, "What do you mean you can't uh, oh, complete yeah. your mission?" The lobster says, "It's because I'm in love." A little louder. Sorry, Paul. Do you want to read off your bits? Okay. What do you mean you can't finish your mission? It is because I am in love. Then the communists have won. <laughs> That's I like, the winning entry. I like that you capitalized the on communists, but not communists. The communists. The communists. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the. Yes. yes. So, that's the winner. Congratulations. It's Eventually, amazing. at some point, you can get a form medal for that. I don't even... I don't know if this was intentional. It probably wasn't, but I like that the lobster is red. <laughs> Ergo, communist. Uh, well, I get it. Communist lobster. But nice. when, you, when you think about uh, all the things that doing so would make makes the communists win, it's surprising that they didn't win. You know, or they haven't been. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, so now, what we're playing now? Start us off. Matt. Work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have most recently thrown uh, Batman Arkham Asylum into my Xbox 360, and I am freaking thrilled with it. The voice work is top-notch, the graphics are excellent, and I have never played a melee combat system um, that is as fluid and natural-feeling as... Wow. Uh, Batman's. It's Better than uh, Oni? It's, it's really, really good. It's simple. Like, I mean, it's basically X, like, X is your regular punch, B is, like, a heavy punch, and uh, y, is y is counter, like, counterattack. Mm-hmm. And then there's little combinations and ways you can string them together. But the way the targeting is done, it's all automated targeting, and it basically picks the most, like, whoever poses the biggest threat to you at any given point in time. Cool. Um, so it'll, it'll stick to the guy you're attacking, but... If you knock him over, you don't have to retarget or anything. If there's a guy running towards you, Batman will just up and like if you've knocked this guy over and taken him out of commission, like not KO'd him, but just rendered him no longer a threat, then Batman will turn around and just sock the guy that's running at you in the like in the face. Or if if the guy's about to hit you, you can counter into that guy and you'll you'll take him out and then go to another guy. Nice. Um, so you can like you can take a guy, put him put him down on the ground take out another guy and then come back to the guy on the ground who's just getting up and then like punch him and then do a ground takedown um you can throw people um which is a like an unlockable move where you can do like grapples and throws and throw people at other people and things like that it's cool super fluid beautifully animated um everything flows so well i can't say enough good Mm. things about it it's great there are little bugs here and there but nothing to complain about most important thing about the game uh did you get your giant batarang uh, no, I uh, I actually went to the store the day it came out just because they did this like thirty nine or thirty eight ninety nine deal on the regular edition, but didn't drop the price correspondingly on the collector's edition. Well, that but was a mistake, right? Was it? Yeah, it was a Best Buy circular where they put where they misquoted the price. Oh, and then uh, so was the collector's edition cheaper on launch day? No, at all, not at all, because the the regular edition was quoted by Best Buy at thirty eight ninety nine or eighty nine a, pl- a flyer, uh-huh. and then Walmart dropped their price to compete against it and bought a ton of ad space for that. Oh. So like even on like Xbox Live and whatnot, they bought ad space for it. Wow! So at that point, Best Buy's like, oh, like even though they'd already 
um, redacted that price. Like they'd already printed a correction for their flyer. They're like, oh, so, so the oh. whole, so, so the whole reason that everywhere was selling Batman cheap on launch day apparently was because Best Buy misprinted, misprinted. And That's even though hilarious. they printed a, a correction, everyone else was like, we need to compete with that, and yeah. uh, basically did. That's so, crazy because uh, I was, I was, I was talking to Matt. We were trying to figure out if this was some sort of like marketing experiment. If you know, they were just. Like, why they picked Batman as the testing for this, why they were going to... Well, I mean, it would make sense if you were doing it as a marketing experiment, right? I mean, like, Batman... Um, Batman is going to sell no matter like what. Like, Modern Warfare is not going to sell to, you know, Joe, average, non-video game player, right? Yeah. It, I mean, you would think it would be huge, but it's not It's not Batman, right? Batman's had a couple of popular movies recently. It, may, it would make sense. Yeah. But what I... The, the story that I was told at EB was that it was this... Walmart thing, or that it was this Best Buy thing. That's interesting. That's hilarious. But uh, since they didn't drop the price in the collector's edition, the collector's edition was a full fifty dollars more than the regular edition was. And it just happened that when I went in to go ask about it, there was a guy picking up his copy, and he offered to just open it on the spot for me. So uh, he grabbed the exacto knife at the counter, opened it up, and pulled it out. And the batarang was Looks like shit. Really, really disappointing. I yeah. watched uh, 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 at which. The, yeah, the uh, Justin's thing Justin on McElroy's unboxing video on Joystick, yeah. which you guys should check out, and the Batarang is a piece of crap. I like yeah. that. I like actually that he, he the knows foam is the, more the entertaining. Foam the foam makes foam a better Batarang. The Batarang is a better Batarang than the one that comes in the box. Yeah, yeah. disappointing. Um, so at that point, I called my home EB store that I'd pre-ordered the game at, told them to sell my collector's edition, and that I'd be in to pick up the regular edition later that and day. And then Richie, on the shrink wrap and Richie drew, a, drew a penis on actually, it. Actually, it was yes, Randy, but oh, Randy, yeah, it was Randy. Oh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. I'm also still playing Mass Effect, um, but I think at this point I'm going to beat Batman and then go back to Mass Effect. Cool. Uh, do you know how long Batman is? Uh, I am. I've played two couple hour long play sessions so far, and I'm only seven percent into the game. Jesus, uh, really? Your percentage is measured by how many of those teeth you kill. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. What? Then I've, cl- then I've killed seven percent of the teeth. I guess that's weird. Yeah. This is or uh, this is what Richie told me. It's so. one of those games where you'll beat it, not necessarily like you'll be yeah that, less than hundred percent when you beat it. Yeah, because there's all the Joker challenges and, or Riddler challenges and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Uh, you have to find Riddler trophies and and find like locations in different areas of the map that correspond to a riddle that the Riddler is posed to you and stuff like that. It's it's interesting, but uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I picked that up. Where I didn't pick it up. Adam picked it up, and I played like an hour, and it was pretty awesome. And then he's like, "I want to play," and I'm like, "Oh." So he's been playing, uh, but I most of my time's been playing Shadow Complex, actually. Yeah, after, I wanted I wanted to pick that up. The demo was amazing. Yeah, after last weekend talking about it a lot, I was like, "Okay, screw it." It's like 1,200 Microsoft points. Or something. I want to play that Explosion Man. Yeah, Explosion Man is supposed to be sweet, but Shadow Complex is really a lot of fun. And it's sweet. I mean, it really is just Super Metroid and Castlevania mushed together in this universe that they've created, that, that was created. But uh, it's really good. And I would suggest anybody get it. As long as they like that kind of game. Cool. Because sweet. Tally, playing anything? I've been watching Jeremy play Fallout 3 and getting all that music stuck in my head. And. <laughs> oh gosh, it's great, but. Bongo, 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 I don't want to leave the Congo. It's, it's no, actually no, no, the no, one no. that always gets stuck in my head is the I don't want to set the world on fire. You know what I love about the. There are uh, other great I'm songs really in that era, just in case anybody's wondering. I, I love the, the, the ballad of Butcher Pete, because they were talking about that at the PAX panel last year. And uh, it's, it's the song about the guy who's a serial killer, and he goes around killing all the women, right? 
what, what it actually is is a song about this dude who goes around to town like boning all these women but because that was inappropriate to talk about in a song in that time period it's instead a song about a guy going around killing all these women really so is. yeah so he's he's hacking up all the women's meat the with his dick <laughs> yeah um, he's hacking and whacking and slapping he's <laughs> hack whack chopping that meat it's interesting. Vagina meat. <laughs> it's the 40s. It's, it's a great song. It's interesting watching Jeremy play it because it's one of those games that's always been presented to me as the sort of game that I would never want to play. Really? Because it's too intense and too violent, and people sort of say, it's a really cool game, we all think it's amazing, it's awesome, you'd probably love the atmosphere and the setting and stuff, but you wouldn't actually want to play it. I think you've said this. I maybe, know Jeremy maybe, has. Maybe, yeah. It's, well, and I agree. Like, it's yeah. really disgustingly violent, taking people's heads off and stuff. Yep. But at the same time, it reminds me so much of Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Also, I've played too many gory video games at this point that it's not <laughs> nearly as disturbing. I did, I did get that perk, by the way. Oh, oh you, got, you, last you got Bloody Mess? I did get the Bloody Mess perk. Okay. Nice. Well, it, which doesn't actually make it more violent. It just means more limbs fall off when yeah. you kill people. Poor yeah, thing. exactly. And eyeballs go flying. Well, that, yeah. that already happened, though. Like, well, it, if you get a critical, yeah. Yeah, even before I got Bloody Mess, there were eyeballs rolling around after some shots. My favorite so. is when you shoot someone in the head and their legs fly off. <laughs> my, mother, my mother likes to tell me that these things are bad for my soul. Um, uh, and then I've been playing D&D, which we have this big game that Jeremy's GMing right now that involves, like, eight half the people. people. Here. Yeah, half the people here, eight of us. Uh, nine, including Jeremy, stuffed into our tiny little living room, and uh, complete newbies. Yeah, and playing the a D and D adventure written in like the most cliche fantasy universe ever. Well, no, it's I mean it's the, pa- it's the Pathfinder setting. It's just the adventure itself is yeah, yeah. the most cliche thing. It's the cliche basic fantasy town where the the blacksmith is a dwarf and the just every. The mayor's a fat guy with a big the beard. The lives in a tower at the side of And town. is forgetful. You know. Anyway, we're having lots of fun. We they went uh, fell into woods, pit traps with pillows woods. in them last time. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good times. Happy pit traps. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, the uh, and me, the fighter mm-hmm. with the, the potentially best chance to hit in the game, took about five swings to hit a big beetle. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Were, we were also mostly killed by a giant beetle. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, after, no problem after, with Yeah, after we killed eight skeletons. skeletons. Yeah, a but room full of skeletons beetle? posed no problem, but the giant beetle fucked us right yeah. up. It did, it did fart acid at us. That was kind <laughs> of true. unpleasant. Yeah. It was a giant beetle, though. It wasn't just a beetle. Yeah, yeah. Pretty big. <laughs> anyway. Jeremy? Jeremy? Uh, I, so, yeah, I finished Prince of Persia since I was last on here, and I actually, I actually started really growing to love Prince of Persia by the end of the game. I mean, maybe love is too strong a word, but I was, I was... Tolerate. Oh, no, I was really getting into the groove with it. Like, I don't even know if it was, like, a question of really, really enjoying the experience, but it was, it was sort of soothing, and I was, yeah, I talked last time about how it was all chill, and I was just, you know, I was down with chilling with the Prince and Elica for a while. I actually found all of the, the light seeds as well, which were, like, for something that's collectible, they're fun to find, because mm. you can actually see them from across the level, so if you can't find one, you just need to sort of go to a different vantage point and look around, and you'll eventually spot them. Also, it's not probably surprising to anybody, but we kind of discovered that it's a really perfect game to introduce people to, like, if you're bringing a girl home, and you want her to kind of be in the video games thing, and she's not really, we tried Prince of Persia with her, we had this friend come over who hasn't played video games since, like, Mario back whenever in the day and that's the only game she ever played and she just wanted to sit and play a game like that and we're like well 
Try Prince of Persia. And she just loved it. She had a great time. She's like, and I don't have to die and start over when I fall off things. This and is the new Prince of Persia, you yeah. say? It was entertaining. It's, it's great. It's perfect mm. for a sort of beginner, mm. easy play. It's, I will have time. to make note of this. So when you take girls home, Matt. Because I do remember, that so not often. Fallout 3. Try Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. See, the yeah. thing that really struck me when I, Matt, when I... More importantly, if you do take girls home, you should probably be aiming them more towards your bedroom and <laughs> not the living room. I have a PS2 in my bedroom. <laughs> that's right. That's why you'd be taking them there. <laughs> Let me show you Final Fantasy XII. That's what you can do with these Transformers toys. It, fa- uh, it practically plays itself. All they need to know is that I'm less effeminate than Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. By comparison, I'm all man. <laughs> The the impression I got with from it with um Prince Persia? Prince Persia is that the the changes they made almost makes it more like a more of like a like a puzzle game as opposed to an action game. Yeah, know? except for it's not really that hard to figure out the puzzles. It's not puzzle. like, no, it, not, it, not like puzzle, it, but it's really just isn't. like I would say the old Prince more, of Persia's more, were. I say more of like an exploration game, I guess. Yeah, I'd say the old Prince of Persia's were more puzzling in that way, just because mm. like they actually required you to think about stuff. This one is just like. I don't know where to go. I'm going to press the Y button. Okay, I need to go off this wall and go off this pole and things like that. It's great. I love it. There's like no that. room for frustration. Well, well, I remember in the old print, like the old new Prince of Persia's, uh, where I would like you didn't have Prince the little, of Persia 3D is the one yeah. you're talking about, right? No, no, no. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that was awesome. But I didn't. You didn't have the little beam that shows you where to go. But yeah. you would like there would be. It's like okay, there's a thing there. I'm going to jump onto that thing and I'm just going to go. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going, but there is sort of a route that yeah. I'm following. So, uh, anyway. Anyway, the other thing that I tried playing uh, was, uh, because apparently I have no taste, I downloaded uh, the demo for Wet on the 360. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Did you? it's actually really good. Is it? Yeah. That's, I, like, that's the one with Elijah... With Dusku. Alicia Dusku, Dusku. yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like, I remember when this game came out, and it's like, wow, great, another sexploitation game. That's awesome. Um, but... You know, it's actually very neat. Um, it when when you get into the big open areas, like they like, I think that the after you get through the training bit, it's just like sort of open areas with lots of, of props and things to like do acrobatics off of, and bad guys streaming in, and it ba- basically you just go around killing guys uh, in as stylish a way as you possibly can, and it's basically the game that um, that uh, John Woo Stranglehold was uh, should have been. I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that exact comparison. Oh, really? Because yeah, it's it's. I mean, I mean, you're you're constantly jumping off things and sliding and whatnot. And whenever you jump off anything or slide on anything or do a wall run or use a a post or anything like that to do acrobatics, the the thing goes into bullet time. While you're in bullet time, uh, it automatically auto aims on the nearest guy to you, and you can just keep shooting him, whatever. But while that's happening, you still have control of your aiming reticle. So if you move your aiming reticle onto someone else, she will then use her offhand to shoot at at the other person. So you can actually, real or you know, fairly effectively aim with two guns simultaneously. Because the most first of the gun time. stays locked on. Yeah. Huh. Um, so that's kind of cool. And uh, and yeah, a lot of it is just like, okay, can you can you jump backwards and spin the camera around and shoot some guy behind you while you're doing it? Like it, it, all these different moves have different names, and so it feels kind of like Tony Hawk with guns. Um, which is great. I think that's fantastic. You and then do that in the next Tony Hawk game. Yeah, yeah, add guns, just like just like Sonic the Hedgehog. That worked real well when they added guns. <laughs> um, and then the uh, the I mean, there's also a sort of frenzy mode or a, an anger mo- rage mode. I think where like if she gets angry, 
um, which happens at certain pre-scripted points in the game. The colors all like go out, so like the entire background is red, and the guys are all black and white, and uh, it's it gets like crazy looking, and you get super powerful. But then there's tons of guys to attack you at the same time. So like anything where you need to run into a room with like eighty, like for example, eighty-eight bad guys, and just slaughter all of them, then uh, that is the kind of thing that it goes into. So everyone dies super quickly, but they also you know gang up on you super nastily. The third part in the demo is like this this scene where you're on top like you're on top of a car, and it's sort of like that scene in uh, the second Matrix movie where you're like the highway chase scene. So you're on top of a car and you still have control of how you shoot, but then your movement between vehicles and things like that is controlled by quick time events. Mm. So like you'll you'll be on top of a car shooting like and aiming like you normally would, but then like an A button will pop up. So you press the A button and she'll like jump over to the roof of a different car. Huh. Um, and there's all sorts of like prescripted things that happen with that. So. It's. I mean, it is quick time events again, but it seems more interactive because you do have some more control in between them. And uh, it. I don't know. It. It. The graphics are not amazing, and the concept was kind of shaky for a long time. But I really enjoy the demo. So, is, that, is that coming out soon? I. I think it's actually coming out like a, in the next couple of weeks. Like it's coming out pretty much the same time as Halo ODST. Hmm. So that's. Uh, that's cool. And then Fallout, which I played like 17 hours of in two days. Um, and is way more like Oblivion than I thought it would be. Just like, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where people keep on saying, keep on talking about how Fallout is not like Oblivion, and even though everyone thought it was going to be, but it's then you play so it, and it's it like Oblivion. it plays. I mean, the combat and the leveling, different scenery, and the stats and whatnot are Fallout, but the way that the game plays feels like Oblivion. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in my opinion, it's Oblivion executed better. Yeah, I think the execution on Fallout is much, much better. But I like Oblivion. Necessarily a bad thing. I, I I found the the gameplay and leveling system in in Fallout to be much much more accessible and like better thought out. I don't also, know. that chick who's the uh, what's his overseer's daughter in the beginning is uh, really hot. Yeah, yeah you can make an Oblivion character. Yeah, you can actually <laughs> you can actually have attractive people in Fallout as yeah. opposed to Oblivion, I, where everybody yes, looks where horrible. everybody looks horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they've taken Vaseline and put it on the lens to sort of fuzz out the fact that everyone is ugly. But uh, no, I'm I'm really enjoying Fallout. I think that uh, again, I do I do have those songs stuck in my head mm-hmm. and probably will for the rest of my life. And at least, well, you'll it's forget them pretty quickly after happen. you've stopped playing. Yeah, until someone sings them to me, and then I'll be like, ah. <laughs> the the set the world on fire thing is weird because that because that was in all the trailers and everything, yeah. right? And so I kind of got that stuck in my head even before I like saw the game at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. all right, Paul. Uh, I have been going through the sort of end game stuff in Final Fantasy XII. Um, I've started doing all the hunts, which uh, are pretty neat. It's uh, it's cool that they're they're not just like you know go here kill this guy. They're actually they actually try to make them kind of interesting mm-hmm. often. Um, and because I haven't like I, I did like a couple hunts in the beginning, but I haven't I didn't do any, so um, I can basically whoop the ass of any of the hunts that I come across <laughs> for a while. For I, a I'm, while, I'm assuming I'll get to the level where I can't anymore. But uh, for the moment, I can pretty much kick every, everybody's ass. Uh, and I'm picking up the, um, what are they called, the, the little summons that I didn't get. Right. Um, Not that I used Espers? Espers, yeah. Yes. One, one question I have for you, and I don't remember. It's something that I should remember, but I don't, just because I haven't played it in so long. The quickenings, when you unlock them from the license grid, are there different quickenings at different points in the grid, and you get to pick three of the available six, or is it just you unlock one and it unlocks the first level? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. the way it works. That's that's good. I didn't want to unlock one until I'd gotten until I checked that. 
Yeah, I just couldn't remember. And basically, you want to unlock them as quickly as possible. Yeah. And unlock them for your main, your three main guys, and then your three other guys. I haven't even assembled my complete party yet. Okay. Not everybody's joined, but uh, I also actually have started playing um, just because I saw I saw some people talking about it, and uh, what's it called? And yet it moves. Uh, which is a really neat game. It's uh, mm-hmm. an indie game. I can, bl- I believe, you can get it off Greenhouse. Oh, um, and uh, it's sort of, it's not, it's sort of in this, the same level of indie game as like, um, uh, 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 World of Goo or anything like that. Like, it's that, that sort of, it's not the same kind of game. But it's, it's basically, you're this. It's like a platformer. You're wandering around, uh, and but you can turn the entire world. Like you have your, you have your. Uh, was the keys that you yeah. move around with, and then you have the arrow keys, and the arrow keys turn the entire world huh. ninety Jeez. degrees. Uh, and so you basically that's that's what everything is based on is that you like jump, spin the world, and then land, and um, and and yet it moves. Um, and all the graphics are based on the all the graphics are like made out of like torn pieces of paper. Oh, crazy! It's really cool, uh, and uh, it's pretty neat, and it's uh, quite inexpensive too because it's mm-hmm. a little indie game. Um, I believe it was actually it might have been actually part of the PAX 10 I think it was part of the PAX 10 yeah um, but, but it is on Greenhouse which is the Penny Arcades thing um, and it's probably on Steam and everything else too these days but um, it is really neat and yeah, I uh, yeah I would recommend checking it out it's um, it's sort of a it, yeah it's sort of a puzzle platformer I guess um, but uh, lots of just trying to get your brain around things yeah no doubt because uh, like it's one of those things where like you you jump but when you rotate the thing your your velocity stays the same whereas everything else like it's, it's almost got some like portal type aspects to it interesting it's quite neat yeah huh. that name would make a brilliant title for a uh, like really sort of dark psychological zombie game too and yet it possibly well it possibly even set in like the 1800s or Victorian England it's like is it not dead it's, it's it really is like and yet it's unusual moves. name for a, a game yeah, yeah, it's it's that done. is not dead, which can eternal lie in strange moves. eons, even death may die. Okay, <laughs> um, the uh, did you guys ever see a flash game called There Is Only One Level? I was gonna say, mm, no, I've yeah, seen you yeah, playing I just it. Played that, I played that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, look it up. It's, it's hilarious. I had I had to, I had to cheat on one level. Really, I never cheated on it. I got all the way through it. I was so proud. There was there was one that just confused me. I, there, I, there was one too, and, and Jeremy had to. It's 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 like a little platformer with a little elephant, and you have to beat the same level with different twists on it over and over. Okay. Again. Oh, same exact level, but there's a different one different thing every time, and sometimes you need to have learned from doing the level over and over again in order to get through another level. Huh. Cool. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Check that out. Yeah, it's neat. It's you can go through it in like 15 minutes. It's it's kind of along the lines of uh, you have to burn the rope, but more <laughs> yeah. more of a game and less of a statement. <laughs> you have to burn the rope. Uh, Ray? Um, haven't really been playing much. Um, uh, I did play a little bit of, uh, the new, uh, Team Fortress 2 update. Um, uh, they, they added a bunch of new hats, and, uh, they, more backgrounds. Like, like, just, just a bunch more content. However, I haven't picked any of it up, so, um, I, I, I can't remember if the hats are under random drops or something, but I certainly... Haven't gotten any. I've seen some of them, but um, yeah. So just do, do, just more goofy content. Um, the hats don't accomplish anything other than make your characters look different, do they? No. They yeah. They they they're purely for look at me. I'm 
better than you. <laughs> I see. Kind of thing. I have a new hat. Yeah. So, um, I have been playing, spend time with my family in a different city, and then move my belongings across town. Woo! I have not had a lot of time for video gaming the last two weeks. Mm. Did you I see that there's uh, a new Professor Layton game out? I did, and at some point I would like to pick that up. I've also been playing Move Tim stuff across town. Yes, yesterday, Jar helped me. It's a multiplayer how did, game. How did the yes. game of uh, Scrub the Mold out of the new fridge go yesterday? It went alright. There wasn't a lot of visible mold. It just smelled bad, and there were a few spots that, yeah. that came off. A few little blue and green stains. No real boss battle in there? No. That's no. Good. It was... Nothing moved. It was a low level, yeah. <laughs> and yet, nothing moved. That's good. No, yeah, it went well. My In my new place, I have a really big bedroom with a sink and a mirror and a fireplace. Mm-hmm. It's pretty oh. sweet. One of my friends used to live there, and I was like, "Did he get the room with the fireplace? That's the cool room." Yeah. Are you sure that he just put a uh, like a bed into a bathroom? <laughs> it's a little big for that. No, that's sweet. Right. If I had a toilet, <laughs> oh man, it would be like living in a prison yeah. cell, dude. Well, no, but it's so big. <laughs> What's the saying? Don't shit where you sleep. I would yeah. not want to do that, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if you destroyed the bathroom, it would also be your room that you destroyed. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy with it. I have still have a lot of moving to do, but... And then, once I've got that all back in, my computer set up again, I can get back to Dawn of War 2. But, yeah. I, I, I intend to pick up the, the Metroid trilogy, which just came out, even though I have played all three of those games already. But they basically took the Metroid Prime series, put all three games together into one for the Wii, and it took the Metroid Prime 3 controls, which I like, but some people don't. We're not going to get into it. No, we're not. And they added that into Metroid Prime 1 and 2, which I think would be fun to, fun to try out. I don't imagine they threw me a bone and extended the classic control style into Metroid I Prime 3, did they? I don't believe they did. No. Yeah. But they did make some prettier graphics and added bloom effects to Metroid Prime 1. Nice. Did, they, did, did, well. did the old games still have the classic control, control style enabled? I don't know. I would mm. assume they do. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, Anyways, I don't know. Graham's not in the room at this point, so I don't uh, know what he's Shall talking. we carry on with uh, Askler? Sure. I believe we should. Do we know where we are in Askler? I believe we don't. I believe we're actually going to be answering the same questions we answered last time. Uh, well, or we could just skip let's, ahead. Let's just, um, okay, just actually, Askler is up. Oh, okay. So let's just carry on from where we are right now. Sounds good. Do you find the words, well, technically, is do you still find the words bum and boobies funny? Yes. Yes. I think that's pretty much Bum go. more so than boobies. Yeah, yeah. bum is yeah. a very funny word. It, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Especially, it, it, especially was... upside down. P-N-W. No, actually, that's not funny at all. Mm. I, I once tried to compile a list of just funny, intrinsically funny words. I think bum would have to be on there. It, bucket, yeah. Bucket, spoon. Trousers. Yep. There are a lot of words that just are they're funny on their own. Gazebo. Gazebo? That's just a fun word to Cassava say. Cassava melon? It's true. I don't know if it's funny, but it's fun. It's fun. Zucchini. Also Bulbous. Bulbous. Mm. Bulbous. That's a suggestive word. <laughs> this is like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> you seen that one? They're sitting around with like the old the father and then and the mother, 
and he's and he's talking about they they use all these different words, and every now and then somebody says a word, and he's like, ah, oh, that's a great word. It's a nice woody word, a nice earthy word. Ooh, no, that's a, that word doesn't sound good at all. It sounds very tinny and metallic. It's, Don't say it anymore. It's actually reminding me a little bit of that uh, Flight of the Concord song, Fou de Fafa, where they just list all these French words. Yeah, They're yeah. like, en fait, du shopping au supermarché, boof, pamplemousse. Ananas! It's the most ridiculous song. If you haven't seen it, which you probably have, you should go look it up on YouTube. My uh, beef, grapefruit, is it? Yes. And then a banana. No, uh, no, no. Ananas. Ananas. Is, is that pineapple? Pineapple. Pineapple, yes, right. Banana. My two examples there are actually from a song by the name of Bulbous Bouffant. Wow. Um, which is all about goofy words. And it, it's basically, I, I'm not even, it's been so long since I've heard it, I couldn't really describe it to you, but it's basically like this um, rhythmic a cappella piece done entirely in weird words. And so it's like, yeah, I, I, I've not been able to find it in ages. I should YouTube it and see if I can track it down because it's, it's really quite hilarious, as I recall. Quest for somebody. Indeed. Uh, so, Deutschbag, or Deutschbag, rather. Um, have you ever had a lucid dream? A no. dream in which you, are, you realize you are dreaming and can control what happens? I, I have sort of become aware that I'm dreaming in a dream, but I'm not, I, I don't usually have the presence of mind to not wake up. <laughs> like, whenever I'm sort of like, hey, wait a minute, this is a dream, and then I just wake up straight up. Mm. So, I, I, uh, I would like, you know, from what I understand, lucid dreaming is supposed to be really awesome. Yeah. I'd like to try it out sometime, but it's difficult to actually set up. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's had dreams where they realize they're dreaming, right? But I've never well, but anybody it, who can control Yeah, it's realize you're dreaming and then being like, okay, that's wait, if cool. I'm dreaming, I can control. And then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, but I can't. That's why I write stories, I guess. Mm. Mm. The really thing is, you usually wake up. As soon as you're conscious of it, you like, like you wake up. Um, but um, I think there was one thing where I could fly. That, that, that was kind of cool. And like you were, you you knew you were dreaming. You're like, yeah. what? I'm gonna fly right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's weird. At first, I knew I was dreaming, and then I kind of drifted back into, oh wow, uh, I don't even know I'm dreaming. I'm mm. just kind of back into. It. So so it's kind of weird. It's, it's almost like your mind just kind of forgets it, kind of thing. I've, I've had some dreams that are kind of halfway there, where it's like I'm running around this place with all these all these buildings, not super tall buildings, but it's like, okay, I have the ability to jump onto these buildings. I know I do, and then I can't. And I and I spend the dream, alternately being able to and not being able to, but knowing I should be able to. Huh. But it's not that I know I'm dreaming. It's just I, I know that I should be able to do this, but I just can't get myself. You know, and the guy's chasing me. I've got to get up there. The trick is, yeah. There's the no problem, spoon. Problem, problem with dreaming is then everyone. Then you'll have like the dream of you you dreaming that you can lucidly dream, <laughs> and then you're in trouble. Yes, <laughs> indeed. All right, moving on. Next question comes from. Gray24. He asks this to the Lur crew, but I think the only person here who really is going to have any opportunity or any ability to answer this is probably Paul. And he says, to the Lur crew, what do you think of Visual Basics attempts at becoming a real language? Will it ever gain the respect of of programmers that C++ and its ilk have earned? Or do you think it will always be the stepping stone it has been? Well, for something to become a real language, it's got to be fluently spoken by a certain number of people. I think that you need real computer language. Computer language. English is fun. Visual Basic is really antiquated, though. Yeah, Yeah, my my experience with Visual Basic is pretty... 
pretty small, but uh, it's yeah. I mean, Visual Basic, I think, uh, should be left where you know we're all like there's there's a whole process of like churning over with languages, right? With programming languages, and Visual Basic is not a very well made language. Mm. It still uses like line numbers and stuff like that, doesn't it? Uh, no, no, that's no. It's it's, it's better than that. And with ASP, and, but like even um, Microsoft has basically. Uh, like they with the new with new uh, MS Microsoft um, Visual Studio stuff, they basically said like we've got this C sharp here, which is way better. You guys should probably be using that instead. <laughs> like they they added all these other languages that can also work. But I've I, I've been working on the last little while supporting an app written in ASP 1.1 in Visual Basic, and it's a huge pain in the ass. So I have kind of a I don't like Visual Basic, but I'm sure for if you know everything about it, it's fine. But I don't think there's any nece- there's any requirement for yet another language right there. So, hmm. one less would be better. Alrighty, Ollie, don't you know? Asks, do you ever think of numbers or letters in relation to color? For example, yes. I see the number five is blue, the number three is yellow, the letter A is red, and the letter M is brown. Three is definitely uh, red. To which I was going to comment. What you have is known as synesthesia. Yeah. And uh, it is a condition, according to a cracked article that I was reading not a half an hour ago. Um, Experienced by as many as one in twenty-three people, but is actually like all entirely in your brain, and it is, is simply not something that other oh, what's other people. Mean to it? That makes it way less cool. Oh, but, it, it's, it, but it's really common. It's like it's not uncommon at all. What's what, what's really cool? I saw this documentary about this guy with really severe synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really cool is that what he can do is he will hear a bunch of numbers, and they will each one has a shape and a color. But then when he hears all the numbers in his brain, they all come together. And he can, and like they can, he can actually do uh, mathematics on them, uh, just straight. Like he, he huh. can basically what happens is they all come together in his brain, and then he can just look at he the shape that they, he can look at the shape that they make in his brain and read off that number, oh my gosh. and then that's the answer. So he can like huh. multiply ridiculously huge numbers together really really fast. That's crazy. It's one of those weird savant things. Yeah, it, it's a it's a neat uh, it's a. I'm going to use the term disorder because that's what it is. But Ability, it's, Matt. But it's, it's, I mean, it really, it's so benign and mostly harmless in most cases that it, it's not really. I, I, mostly but, see, uh, I mostly see numbers as having certain character qualities to them, possibly because of, like, watching hockey and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, the number two means a good steady stay-at-home defenseman. So I see the number two as a strong, yeah, I mean, sturdy kind that's, of yeah. that's probably not synesthesia. Yeah, not that's, quite, that, yeah. that's, like, just... Um, it's interesting the things you can picture oddly in your head and it's hard to even describe like the calendar months of the year I see always as a shape because hmm. it goes like in a column down here from September through December and then over to the side come January and February sideways and then up here starts another column of March, April, May and then there's another column of the summer months and I have always pictured the months in my head like this Huh. It's not a circle. It's I mean, not a line. Weird I mean, periodic table from, of the months. But it goes like hmm. across, and anytime I wonder if that's just like months, I'm thinking of oh, that's in September, which is the column over to the left. Like, huh. uh, like you know, maybe when you were a kid, there was a big thing on the maybe, wall or something. Maybe, or that's, I don't that, know. That's not the same thing. at all. That just means you're crazy. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. break it to yours is a disorder. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't personally have any of those associations or or experiences at all. 
Um, the one positive side of synesthesia that you can take from this is that uh, synesthetics are typically very creative. And uh, oh, a lot one of... positive side. Hmm? <laughs> I wasn't trying to say one positive... One positive side, ah. not the one positive side. Uh, but uh, they tend to be very creative. A lot of famous musicians and artists are uh, experience it. And uh, yeah, doing music as color is a big music one. as color is a big one. one. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, as the cracked article said, you should probably be uh, happy that you don't experience words as tastes, because uh, <laughs> trying to say the word mom and getting a mouthful of vomit and sprouts is probably an unfortunate experience. Is that real? It, it happens. It's part of the really? synesthesia. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a different every, way of experiencing or, or, it. You hear or, words as tastes or and smells, like see musical notes as yeah. colors, and it, it, all kinds of yeah, things. The music for, thing it's just it's, for the, it's for the wired. People, we, it's just weird correlations. For in your the people brain. at home who are keeping track of the English is fun joke, uh, the disagreement that just happened about uh, one or the one was a, a disagreement between uh, definite or indefinite articles. So. Uh, um, English is fun. Ollie, don't you know, asks, uh, just wondering, have any of you had the privilege of watching the British sitcom Black Books? Oh, if yeah. so, did you like it? If not, then do, because uh, I, it had me and my family literally crying with laughter. Uh, I think yeah. I have seen it. it. Dylan Moran is awesome. It basically exploded or my Dylan mind Moran, with awesome. On how you it, um, Element Shaw wants to know, how much time and effort do you spend thinking up the captions that go next to each video? Um, yeah. Less than you'd think. Well, more than we should, but less than, than you should. expect. Usually, the the typical thing for thinking up the descriptions for videos is uh, we'll like be ready to put the video up, and then Graham, either I will text message Graham or Graham will text message me. And be like, so description, and then we'll like shoot back a couple of options, and then we'll yeah. figure out one. So, uh, uh, but yeah. Lying in Bedmon asks, on average, how intelligent do you consider your fans to be? I think uh, our fans are highly intelligent. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most intelligent, probably 7.5 or so. Yeah, I, I'd consider, like, compare, especially, like, if you compare them against any other, like, online community, like, our fans are, like, way, way up there, I think. And, and just so you know, in case you don't think a 7-ish is, is very high, I, I mentally associate the number 7 with, with high intelligence. Mm. So interesting. <laughs> I uh, I was going to say if not, you wanted really. if you wanted the average intelligence of our fans on a scale of one to ten, it would be five. Ah, uh, uh, see what I did there of our fans. Uh huh. Pretty much a stats joke. <laughs> Statistics jokes. Woo. Um. Yes. Uh, you like us, so clearly you're not, not all bad. Yeah. Obviously, you guys are very intelligent if you like us. Uh. So yeah. I don't know. I like to think that. Our style of humor attracts a certain style of person who we perceive as being intelligent because they agree with us. So, <laughs> uh, should do PR. <laughs> he also asks. Also, do any of you like me keep the stats page of your websites open in your browser at all times? Uh, no. I check. I, I check. I, I used to, but I don't anymore. I and I like very the very beginning of the Ray run. I used to check it all the time. Uh, and then it was less, and then it was more again because we started hitting up our bandwidth limits, and I'd be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, and then now we have everything served, so we don't care about our bandwidth limits. So mm-hmm. I very, very, actually, I yeah, very seldom check it. I just, maybe every once in a while, I just see, like, oh, are we going up or down? Oh, we're the same as we always yeah, do. Yeah, we, uh, we've, we've hit kind of a plateau. Yeah, we're pretty steady at the now. We're so pretty steady at the moment, so it's not that exciting. Uh, the one thing we should do, and the one thing that I'd like to do, is start looking at um, the. The sort, of, the sort of like the analytics behind it and where 
like new viewers are coming from and how they're getting to us and how we can sort of we use that to grow. Google Analytics locked in. So. I know. I should be using the, it. The stats I do pay attention to are uh, things on my head, subscribers. <laughs> Up to 2,000 now, bitches. Yeah. Um, speaking of subscribers, if you haven't already, please go to the Loading Ready Run YouTube channel and subscribe. I don't also care. Also subscribe you don't... to things on my head. Oh, and things on my head. Um, but uh, I want to surpass the Loading Ready Run channel. <laughs> Like, really, it, it, even if you don't watch from YouTube, it helps us out. So uh, if you could go subscribe. Um, also, if you want, like, if you're going to comment on a video anyhow, throwing a comment in on our YouTube version of the Just video as well as our... It. Yeah, copy-paste it straight from the forum. We don't care. We're, it doesn't matter to us. It just helps us get our name out there if we have more views, more comments and more subscribers. You know you don't want to spend your days actually doing work or anything. So exactly. Just one more thing to take up your time. Exactly. I'm glad somebody asked about the stats thing because I frequently check the stats on my 50 word stories website mm. and I hadn't written one for today and I'd not thought about it so now I'm going to. you to make a uh, stat one? Maybe. I don't know. I just stats. have to figure out a story to write today. Are there any videos that have... Oh, sorry. Genghis Aries asks, Are there any videos that have drastically changed over the course of its creation? Like, from first concept to final completion, I can guarantee you that... The Pathfinder video a changed lot of videos drastically did that. from first concept to final... In fact, that's exactly what he asked. Oh. There we go. Question answered. There is a video. It's Pathfinder. It drastically well, changed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a, a fine line between a drastically changed video and just another a different video that we decided to do. <laughs> that's true. About a similar topic. But I don't know. That's yeah. pretty drastic. Yeah, we... Uh, yeah. I mean, we... Some videos are just straight up what we do. Like, like what it was written. Like, there's some videos that don't even, even have that much editing done. And we're just like, oh, that looks good. Let's go for it. And then a lot of them, there's a lot of uh, consternation and changing things. So. Mm. It varies a lot. Um, Septavius asks, why is it that your last names are all towards the end of the alphabet? Um, interesting point of note, if you look at the most commonly used consonants in English, they're all weighted towards the end of the alphabet. One thing, actually... R-S-T-L-N-E. L and N are right in the middle and everything else is right at the back, except for E, but it's a vowel. Something I found that was kind of cool with that is um, back in the days when we did our own DVDs, we had these uh, an insert on the inside, on the back inside cover that had pictures of all the people who were sort of in videos at the time, uh, which was like a, it was a uh, it was like a four by so it was like twenty people, uh, and just randomly because of how the names worked, uh, and because it's all sort of weighted towards the end of the alphabet. Graham and I are beside each other because we're both ass, mm -hmm. uh, and we were in the exact middle of the page. It was perfect, mm -hmm. but uh, but we were in the middle of the page with S, which shows, yeah, we tend to be for some reason we're way weighted towards the end of the scale. Yeah, it's just the yeah. the way the language works. What's a funny kind of soup? A funny kind Dispacho. of soup. What? Gispacho. Borscht. Cold, cold, cold Borscht is better. I don't know what that is. Gispacho <laughs> soup is cold tomato soup, basically. And yeah, borscht, is, it, borscht is essentially the same thing. It's, it's all it's with whipped cream. Beet oh, beet soup, right. As you would know if you, um, if you watch Red Dwarf. Yes. Gispacho yeah, soup. Yes. Mm. Anyway. Next question. Uh, the next questions are people discussing whether or not the... Uh, the alphabet actually is or whether or not our last names are actually weighted towards the end of the alphabet given Devere starting with the D mm. regardless one out of eight really doesn't actually uh, 
yeah. change the fact Other that we are weighted towards the end of the alphabet. Uh, why are you not going? There we go. Okay. Uh, Hi, Graham. Hey. Fatty Bobatty. I've been here the whole time. Yes, yes I totally uh, have. Yes, you have. Uh, Fatty Bobatty asks, what type of role would you all see yourselves in if you were in an action movie or a game? Example, the stalwart hero, the lovable sidekick, the slaughtered extra, and so on. Um, I get the feeling that I would probably end up being the chubby IT guy, despite the fact that I'm not really into IT, or some sort of dorky scientist that ends up meeting his fate in an unpleasant way. Yeah, I was thinking similar for myself. Mm-hmm. Paul, the, would be the, Paul would be the cool technology guy. Yeah. Um, the, the, guy the, the, or the guy on the team who cracks jokes at everyone and then dies near the end and all <laughs> sort of way. I think yeah. I'd have to be a Moogle. <laughs> I'd be yeah. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't die at the end, but I'd be. I'd be that. I'd be that same guy, Jer. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be. I'd be Justin Long from the new Die Hard. Yeah. It's a. It's unfortunate we don't Just have being, a being the guy who's like what what. Ah! Yeah. Oh, we, or, uh, or I'd be that chick from Resident Evil, a game that I hate. I'm wearing that shirt again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, we we lack a couple of the character archetypes. We don't have the uh, sort of like stalwart hero, really. No. Um, and uh, we don't have an ethnic mino- minority to die last, or die first, die rather. First, yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we're, James. we're really best tan. <laughs> James. Yeah, you're, you're the you're the guy who dies first. Yeah, you're the ethnic minority now. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. James. Victoria is a sad place for ethnic. <laughs> well, you're uh, Jerry. You're like what one sixteenth Jewish? Okay. <laughs> well, that almost counts. That's as, that's as close as one we've eighth, got. One eighth one, 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 one eighth Jewish. Okay. All right. All right. I am a fish. Asks in one Red Dwarf episode, I forget which. Rimmer claimed that in a past life he was an, he was Alexander the Great's chief eunuch. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yes. What do you think you were in a past life? I believe I was not in a past life. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I if I had to have had a past life, hmm. a Moogle. <laughs> Okay. Pretty sure. I'm I sorry. Was, I don't play Pokemon. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I was in a past life a guy who did Matt's mom and then died horribly of some accident and was reborn. Wow, that's cold, Jer. Well, you know, I have to account for the timeline, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, like, I was born 26 years ago. Ergo, uh, you know, my past life had to have died prior to that. Okay. So you may you may be Matt's dad. That's I, what you're saying. You were my dad in a past life, <laughs> and my dad is actually just. You uh, can call me dad if you want. Pirate Jack wants to know, do you think that in 80 years our modern modern gangsters will be seen in a romantic light like the gangsters arising from the prohibition? I sure hope not. <laughs> our gangsters are too goofy. Our, yeah. Like, our gangsters don't even take themselves that seriously. Yeah, so that's yeah. how it really work like out. That. Like, prohibition gangsters had class, and I think that's yeah, why they are looked... It's the class like, it, that's That's yeah. why they were looked back on I mean, maybe, like, maybe Mafia and stuff is kind of in that. Maybe maybe whatever the future brings that our current gangsters will seem like they have class in comparison to whatever happens next. Oh, that's a terrifying it's thought. About fedoras. I mean, they were well-dressed and they had fedoras. I don't think you can, you know, look back and have deep respect for a guy wearing three baseball caps over a goofy bandana. Yeah, and that, the Tommy guns. That, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> the Tommy gun and those old-school cars, that, like, you know... That makes a statement <laughs> that a you know a nine millimeter Glock really does. <laughs> well, although, 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 in, the, know, in the future, like uh, the future is going to be like an MP5 and a low ride Cadillac with giant rims. Well, I know, but like those guns, and people will be like, man, remember back in the day when gangsters had those crazy cars? And 
Eh, I don't see it. I, I, it may just me be like I may just be falling into the trap of romanticizing the past here. Yeah. But I, I don't typically romanticize the past. I'm not crazy about the way things were. I'm happier now than I am with the way things used to be. But uh, I uh, you know, I, I, I just do not see them having enough. And it's it's gangsters. Culture. Yeah, like gangsters, like in the past, like the the way they dressed and acted were like as like they were sort of businessmen and stuff. Yeah, right. They had uh, a bit of an honor code. I mean, well, loose, not. but sort of. But it's it's yeah, like like I said, it's just the guys the guys now don't really even take themselves that seriously. So it's really hard to. Yeah. As he to, points out, right now, I think the most romantic view of modern gangs are in songs generally against them, like Gangsta Paradise, <laughs> which he spelled wrong. Yeah. I think this can somehow, somehow be made into my ongoing argument for bringing back the fedora. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kate Antilles, uh, my friends and I are budding entrepreneurs into the world of producing online entertainment much as yourselves. What advice might you provide us that we may become successful such <laughs> as yourselves? And may I PM, PM someone, I don't know who, to discuss this sort of things or uh, this sort of thing. Feel, uh, feel free to PM us. Um, define if, success. Yeah, uh... If you define success as, you know, making a lot of money at it, then... You, you may want to PM Yeah, you may want to go somewhere else. Uh, we actually haven't been very good at that. Try pure ownage or, um, you know, the guild. Also, I mean, I've got a couple of people who've talked to me who've asked me about stuff. And, you know, I, I'm happy to talk to people about these things. And people ask, well, like, what should I do to get as popular as you guys? And basically the answer is do it for six years. Yeah. Uh, we're actually, Yeah, we're actually not very good at... Yeah, promoting we, ourselves. We are a really poor metric, actually, um, for online popularity. So yeah, the only the only thing that I can say, and the only thing basically we've been doing is don't stop, just keep doing it, do it on a consistent basis, and you'll always get better. And you'll get better, and uh, hopefully you'll get more people looking at you. And that's basically the only advice there is. So. Yes, if you come out of the gates with a great product and you have a way to sell it. Tell us, <laughs> because we'll, we'll because it. as soon as we find out, like we honestly, what we're looking like, what our major problem is that we don't have a mentor, someone who has done a, you know, has actually been legitimately financially successful doing this online to guide Cause, us cause through the process. Because there's very few of them, and there are very and very there few really people are. have made it online, and, and they're too busy being successful, being exactly. successful to help. Yeah. Um, a, there was a great article on two. If I was super successful, I probably wouldn't help other people because then you have less less money to go around. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was a fantastic article on TubeFilter the other day talking about how one of the major things that's holding the web TV and video, like online video industry, back right now is the fact that there because everybody's starting up and and it's such a new thing. There aren't any mentors. There's no there's no established business plan. There's no way to. Uh, there's there's no leader to model yourself against, and uh, one of the major issues is that um, the people that are ma- like are starting to make money and doing well don't want to collaborate with other series because they view them as competition right now. Whereas the way the industry is building, it's more important right now that we build the industry collaboratively and then worry about competing after the fact because there's plenty of money to go around. It's it's a matter of figuring out how to tap into those funds and. Uh, as a collective industry, we're stronger together than we are competing with one another. You realize we've been talking for an hour and ten minutes, right? I see. Well, perhaps we should. Uh, we should podcast. almost an hour and fourteen, actually. Indeed. But uh, it, I'd recommend checking out that article. It's on uh, Tube Filter. Is the uh, the website? Just uh, Google it. Look it up. Um, it's a it's a solid post. Cool. 
Uh, yeah. Let's call it a wrap. So that's everything. Indeed. So there you go. Bonus bonus podcast. What do we always say? Give. Bite me. Bite me.